I'm Heidi Harris. Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can subscribe for free at iTunes, and you can also check out my live radio broadcast Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. at 670 a.m. KMCQ in Las Vegas. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening in the Carolinas, what a heartbreaking situation it is with the flooding, the hurricane, the rescues, all of that. And I'm going to ask a couple of questions about personal responsibility and explain what government's role is and what government's role is not in a natural disaster. But first, let's check in with our sponsor, Donna Francavilla. The Heidi Harris Podcast is heard by tens of thousands of listeners because she's sassy, funny, and lovable. If you'd like to place your message on the podcast, I'll help you get started. I'm Donna Francavilla, owner of Frankly Speaking Communications. I'll voice your message for you for just $100, recorded, edited, and submitted as a special offering. Let me help you tell your story. Write to me at DonnasNiceVoice.com. That's DonnasNiceVoice.com. Call Donna for anything you might need voiced, whether it's a spot that you want to run for my show or something else. Call Donna Francavilla. She is really fantastic. She also does media training and other things like that. So hit her up. All right, let's talk a little bit about the horrible Hurricane Florence. It could have been a lot worse, but it's still bad because there's a ton of flooding, a lot of rain, that kind of thing. And I can't imagine what it's like to be in a natural disaster. And because I'm a Las Vegas native, I really haven't been in one. I've been in a couple of earthquakes. I was literally 10 miles from the epicenter of an earthquake in California once years ago in Big Bear. And then I was in one in San Diego. So I felt them, but I wasn't panicked. There wasn't disaster or anything like that. The building didn't collapse around me. So I haven't been through it. But I have to say, that it's a little disturbing when the very first day that Florence hit landfall, people were having to be rescued. And you have to ask yourself, why? Now, I understand everybody's not wealthy. Everyone doesn't have, you know, an RV or a car or something to put all of their stuff in and try to get out of there. First of all, if you had 20 minutes or an hour or two hours to evacuate, you'd probably be surprised at how little of your stuff actually mattered to you. I mean, you take the sentimental things and pretty much everything else can be replaced, right? So you take your backups for your computers and things like that, your pets, various things. But almost everything else, you'd go, eh, really? I don't really miss it. And everybody may not be able to do that, I realize. And some people don't have a lot of money. Some people may have mobility issues. I understand that. And in that case, there may be places you can go. There are shelters. There are government agencies. There are groups that actually volunteer to help the less fortunate get out of their homes, the handicapped, those kind of folks out of their homes. You had days and days and days to do that. But what I've got to say is I'm not real patient with the people who decided they were going to ride this out because they've ridden out many other hurricanes. Now, hurricanes don't really hit the Carolinas that often, but when they do, it's usually just some rain and whatnot, nothing like Florence. And I can understand why people say, oh, the heck with it, I'll just wait it out. And the houses are pretty sturdy there, a lot of them. And maybe they figured their house would hold. And in most cases, from what I can see from the drone footage, the houses have held. Maybe a tree hits them and whatnot. But for the most part, roofs aren't flying off and things like that. But when you have massive flooding like that, what people are not thinking about is the fact that when you can't get trucks in, you can't get food. You can't get food. You can't get clean water. You could have five feet of water in your house or more. And even if you have two feet of filthy, yucky, muddy water with snakes and God knows what else in it, even if you've got two feet of water flooding your house in a situation like that, your house is ruined. 
Everything on the ground floor, if you've got a two-story house, is ruined. The basement's full. I mean, everything's destroyed. So there's nothing to be there to basically live in. Now, I understand a lot of folks are freaked out about looters and whatnot. Who cares if they take your flat screen as long as you're safe? But what people aren't understanding is it's going to be weeks and weeks, could be months before things return to normal. And when I say weeks and weeks, I'm talking about government's role in doing certain things like putting the lights back on. You know, there are going to be people out there 24-7 in trucks trying to get the light poles back up, getting the electricity working, making sure that the sewers are working, clearing the roads as best they can. But to me, clearing the roads, certainly in your own neighborhood, is largely up to the people who live there. You get a chainsaw, you borrow one from a friend because a lot of trees are going to be toppled in a situation like that. I mean, I know this and I don't live in that kind of climate. So if I'm aware of it, why aren't these other people aware? And I've had people say, well, what are they supposed to do when the storm comes? Well, I don't know, but it's not government's job to send a Lincoln Town car to pick up every single person in the entire area that's affected. There are upwards of, according to estimates, 2 million people who are affected by this situation. And government can't go in there and pick everybody out of their house and take them someplace else. And the fact is there are people who are going to die because they don't have money and they have a tough time getting out or they're stubborn. That's just going to happen. When you have 2 million people affected by anything, there are some who are smart, some who aren't, some who are resourceful, some who are not. Even in Hurricane Katrina, when there was nothing to be had, there were people running around looting stores instead of actually looking for something that maybe could float, maybe that they could eat, uh, they could use for shelter. Instead, they were concerned about stealing electronics that, wait for it, no one could even use at that time. I mean, there are people who are just dumb. They don't get it. That's why, you know, I hate to use the word Darwin because I don't believe in you know, that what Darwin's theory, and uh, it's a whole other story with Darwin, but it is what they call Darwinism from that perspective. There are people who just aren't going to figure it out, and I feel bad for them, but I don't want to hear anybody blaming government for that. So the very first day, there were people begging to be rescued, hundreds of them, and what happens when you do that, when you, do, when you wait, when government tells you to move, and you don't move, and you wait till the last second or when the storm is bearing down or has already hit landfall, what you do is you put first responders in a bad situation. You put them in more danger than they would have been had you tried to figure it out. If you tried to figure it out days earlier, then things would have been better. And I'm not just saying this about this part of the country where my mom lives. They have fires, pretty terrible fires in California. And she's had to have her entire car packed three times because they thought they might have to evacuate. And you'd have to understand her husband. He's one of those people who takes two weeks to plan and pack the car for a two-day trip. And he's always had the car ready to go, packed with pets, medication, everything they need, just in case. It's not easy. It's not fun to decide what you might want to take and realize that you can only pretty much put stuff in your car. Obviously, nobody likes it. It's inconvenient. But it's not government's job. And if you wait until the fire department is banging on your door telling you you have to get out now, then you've lost that time that you would actually have to sit down and discuss what you're going to take and prioritize. My husband and I had this conversation the other day. We were talking about what we would take if we had 20 minutes. I mean, is there a lot of stuff that I'd miss if it got destroyed? Yeah, probably. I'm sure I'd miss some things. But in a way, I mean, starting over might not be a bad idea. got a lot of junk like everybody else. But if you had 20 minutes, you could actually think it through. What would you take? What matters to you? Heirlooms, medication, pets, food, some clothing, water, uh, you know, maybe your backups to your computers because you probably couldn't take your whole computer, things like that. 
charging, you know, charges for your phones and all those kinds of things if you have to evacuate. And I know everybody doesn't have a visa card to go rent a hotel room 400 miles away and drive. I understand that. And I've had people say to me who live in that part of the country, well, you don't understand. The roads were clogged and the gas stations are running out of gas. Well, they weren't on Monday. Okay. The storm didn't hit till Friday and Monday people were told. So Monday would be the day that I would have gone out and gassed up my car. And by Monday night, I would have decided what I wanted to take. And I would have had a reservation in a hotel several hundred miles away. Of course I wouldn't want to. And people will argue, well, you have to work. Okay. Well, you may have to work, but probably your business is closed. And even if you have to, life's more important than working. But we go back to the same thing. If you have a job and you say, well, I can't leave. Well, once again, that's not government's job. What do you want government to do? People will say, well, what do you want us to do? Well, what do you want government to do? Government's job is to put the lights on and get the roads working. And that's what they were doing in the Carolinas. They were turning the freeways. You know, they were changing the lanes. so Everybody could go right, you know, making them all you know, exiting the areas to make the traffic easier for people to get out of. Once again, if you wait till the very last minute to get out, even if the highway's reversed, it doesn't matter. It's going to be harder. You might run out of gas. You might be stuck on the highway for hours. And I just don't understand it. I am not going to be that person who is stuck behind the herd. I'm just not. I'm not going to wait till the last second and hope for the best. And a lot of people do that because they just don't want to plan. But those are the same people who don't want to plan anything in their life. And they're not pragmatic about the way they approach anything else. Either they're emotional about leaving their crap or they think that they're you know, tougher than mother nature. So they're going to wait out this whole thing. And it may not work out that way. Maybe, like I said, maybe your house will stay. And hold, and I've seen a lot of houses that'll hold, but they'll be destroyed by the water or at the very least be uninhabitable potentially for weeks. And you don't understand, even if airplanes bring the food in, they're going to have to drop it. It's not the same thing as having trucks come in and bring in food in an orderly fashion into stores that are also going to be flooded. People don't realize you need to have food, not for a couple of days, potentially for weeks and water. Oh, and by the way, did I mention no power? Who knows how long it'll be before the toilets can't be flushed. These are the things people don't understand. And government will do their very best. But what is government supposed to do when you got six, eight feet of water everywhere? So ultimately, everyone has the choice to decide to take their own situation in their own hands. You are the first responder in a natural disaster. And I said the same thing about the fires in California. When people were losing their homes and waiting around too long in some cases because they didn't want to leave, I understand you don't want to leave. And I understand that if you do leave, you're concerned you're not going to be able to come back. You know, what if my house doesn't burn and the looters get in there and destroy it? Okay, well, what if? At least you're safe. At least you know you're at the Holiday Inn 500 miles away or a couple hundred miles away and you can be safe until everything is cleared up. Because their aftermath is just as important as what happens during the event. The aftermath is what's going to be weeks and weeks and weeks. And in Katrina, everybody knows, most of the people who died in Katrina died as a result of flooding. And the rescuers who were down there in the Carolinas, plucking people off roofs and pets and everything else, people who were told to evacuate, shouldn't have to be doing this. And people say, well, they couldn't get out before. Well, they can get out now. They should have called somebody a week ago. 
And so my heart goes out to them. It's a very tough situation, but it's not Donald Trump's fault. It's not FEMA's fault. It's not government's fault in general if you choose not to leave. Government did their job. They told you to get out. Government actually has you know the maps and the charts and the things that were showing them where the hurricane was going to be. They did their very best estimate of what was going to happen. They warned people in certain areas to get out. Like I said, they reversed the roads on the freeways. What else can they do? They can't babysit. It's not government's job to handhold. So we hope there aren't any more deaths, and I don't know if all the people who've been killed so far died as a result of the fact that they didn't leave and they were in a mandatory evacuation zone. We'll find out more details as the situation progresses. But bottom line, it's not government's fault when something like this happens. You are the first responder, not government. I'm Heidi Harris. Join me weekdays. 8 to 10 a.m. at 670 a.m. KMZQ for my live radio broadcast. And you can pick up a copy of my brand new book. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. Kind of chronicles my 20-year career in talk radio, behind the scenes, how I prepare a show, how to be a great radio guest, how to be a good caller. I've got all that stuff in my book. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head. Pick it up at Amazon. Or you can pick it up at HeidiHarris.com. There's a link there. You can also sign up for my free newsletter at HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Skywell. (laughs) 